Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon Light. Thank you so much for being here. Um, This episode is about something that took me years to figure out, and if you are just getting into weightlifting for the first time, maybe you've heard about this, maybe you haven't, and if you have, maybe you fully understand it because you're quick and sharp and witty and more intelligent than me, or maybe... You're more like me, and it took you a long time. It's taken you a long time to figure it out and really understand what it means. Okay, so what is it? The phrase is, the term, the name of this thing is progressive overload, okay? And we're going to talk all about what it is, how it can help, um, what its main advantages are, and get into a little history on it, and then maybe some disadvantages on it as well, because there are some. And um, so let's dive right in, okay? Um, First and foremost, have you ever heard the term progressive overload? Is that something that comes up in conversation with your fitness buddies, or with people that you know at your gym when you're just talking, you know, in between sets or whatever. Um, Maybe you're into YouTubing and you follow some YouTube athletes or just some um, fitness influencers and you've heard that term before, right? Progressive overload. Um, If you have heard it, have you ever wondered really what it is? And have you ever taken the time to go and look it up and read about it and try to understand really what it means? Um, A lot of times it is used in the same sentence as the word hypertrophy. And that's, uh, it's not wrong, but you know, those two terms kind of go hand in hand a lot in the fitness space. And, um, you know, if you've ever wondered what progressive overload is and what the real purpose of it is, uh, the short answer is that it's actually exactly what the name implies. Okay. It's essentially to progressively overload your muscles, meaning apply a load in the form of resistance, aka weightlifting, um, progressively increasing that over time. Okay, so as you build up in sets throughout your workout, you are progressively getting heavier and heavier, progressively overloading your muscles, progressively increasing that resistive load. Okay, and that really is entirely what progressive overload is. Okay, so the result of progressively overloading is that you constantly, right, the short answer to that is that you're constantly keeping your muscles working harder and you're constantly keeping them guessing. And by doing that, your muscles never, ever, ever have a chance to go stagnant. They never have a chance to stabilize and just kind of maintain, right? They're always working, working harder to grow. They're always working harder to develop more strength. All right. Now this is a good thing and a bad thing a little bit. Um, and it all depends on what your goals are. Okay. So 
I talk about this from time to time, but it's extremely important. And that is that muscle size, muscle density, and I guess even muscle function is the right way to put it. Those are all functions of strength. Okay. Muscle size is obviously a function of strength, right? The more you lift, the harder you have to work to lift that weight, the stronger you're going to get, the bigger your muscles are going to get. Uh, Muscle density is the same thing uh, because it is possible to build big muscles that aren't necessarily dense. That's kind of a weird thing to think about. Uh, but that's, that's really the difference between like pure physique lifters and strength lifters and power lifters. Um, and we're, we're really kind of splitting hairs here because obviously bodybuilders are very strong. And if you're all in on just aesthetics, you have to build big muscles. And that of course requires you to build muscles and any muscle is going to be strong. Okay. But what I'm saying is if you take a power lifter and a bodybuilder, right? One that's purely physique, purely aesthetics, and then a, body, a power lifter that's purely strength. It doesn't care about what they look like. And they have trained in their dedicated sports for a long period of time. And they weigh approximately the same. Their muscle densities are going to be different. Okay. So back to my point, muscle size, muscle density, and what I call muscle function means uh, essentially efficiency of the muscle, right? How far the muscle can stretch, Uh, because if you've studied how muscles actually provide you the ability to lift weights, it's because they are able to stretch and then they talk to your nervous system and, you know, it's a whole long complicated thing. But in general, I sum all that together as muscle function. Okay. Uh, muscle function, muscle density, muscle size. Those are all functions of strength. Okay, guys. And muscle strength is only improved, it's only increased if you give it a reason to increase, okay? The body is a reactive system. I'm gonna say that one more time. The body is a reactive system. And it's really a good idea to think about the body as a system. It's a whole complete functioning system. And if you can step back a little bit and think about it that way, think of your body as a giant machine, that will actually significantly help and improve your ability to get your fitness goals kind of figured out and, and, and developed in the way that you want. So if you think about the body as a reactive system, which is exactly what it is, uh, it's, that'll help you understand that it will react to the conditions that it is in, okay? And when it comes to weightlifting, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to exercise, whatever you throw at it for a load, whatever you throw at it for resistance, however you challenge it physically, your body will react and it will develop the ability to handle that, but it will never preemptively develop the ability to handle more than that. You understand what I'm saying? You know, humans, when we grow from the moment we're born and we grow to our whatever our height is and our weight and uh, we develop muscles and we develop joints and stuff. But the way that we develop over those first like 18, 20 years is completely, completely reactive to the environment that we are in, right? Our body will react to the environment that we're in. So if you grew up playing football and your parents put you in football at age four and you played football all the way through high school, right? And all the things that come along with that, your body is going to develop uh, completely different than say someone who was born and then they got into things like drawing 
and uh, painting or music, right? Playing, I don't know, the piano. Um, their bodies are going to develop very different. And it's, it's not to say that they can't change one way or the other, all right? Because the body's reactive and it can change over time. It'll change to the environment. But how those two humans look side by side and the density of their, their muscles and the state of their tendons and the state of their joints and their body fat composition probably is going to be wildly different. At, you know, if you put them side by side at age 20, for example, okay, um, that's not really a surprise to most of you. But the reason that that happens is because the body is so reactive. So we will never do anything, our bodies will never do anything preemptively to prepare for something that it doesn't know is coming. Okay, so back to my point <laughs> if you want to build muscle, any muscle, then progressively overloading your body is going to be the way to do that. Now, when people start, this is something that I'm, I'm sure either you've experienced or you know someone that's experienced. When people start working out for the first time, maybe in a long time or the first time ever, they go to the gym or they, you know, whatever, they do something at home and they start lifting weights and it's really challenging for them physically at first and they love it or whatever, you know, but they, regardless, they, they go in and they lift weights and it's really tough and they get a really good workout, and they, over the course of a few weeks, maybe they increase their weight a little bit, and then they, they hit a point where they settle. They get to this level where they, they settle at the amount of weight that they lift. So their exercises and the way, uh, the, the level of intensity that they bring to the gym, it kind of plateaus a bit. And oftentimes, actually, that leads to people complaining about plateaus. You know, they lead, uh, they eventually are led to this point where they start thinking that they're incapable of progressing further in their goal or their, you know, their whatever weight they want to get to or lift or strength or speed or whatever. Uh, but anyway, they lift for a while, they exercise for a while, they run a certain amount of, of uh, like a certain distance for a certain amount of laps or whatever for a while. And then they get, they get comfortable because they can do it now. So it was hard at first, then it got easier. And then as it gets easier, they still stick to that number, that weight that they want to lift. And they stick to that number of reps and they stick to that number of sets and they just get comfortable with it. And then what actually happens in addition to that is that they get comfortable with the entire routine. So they get comfortable with the entire arm routine, the entire upper body, chest routine, shoulder routine, leg routine, cardio routine. They get comfortable with everything. And then they start doing the same thing, the same weight, the same sets, the same days of the week even over and over and over and over again for weeks and weeks and months and months and years. That's extremely common. And what that will do is it will get the body to a point where it develops just enough strength, just enough speed, just enough cardiovascular endurance to do that stuff, okay? They will never grow. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's understood. A lot of people do like to hit a state, a physical state, a fitness state, whatever, that they're comfortable with, that makes them feel good, that makes them feel energized, that makes them feel good about what they see in the mirror. 
and they they just want to maintain that and that's that's great i mean if you can do that if you can get yourself there you're already like at the very 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 tip top of the population okay by taking care of yourself and getting yourself to a spot where you are so unbelievably happy with what you see in the mirror and the the energy that you have and your doctor's happy with everything because you're taking care of your body you're doing all the things that a responsible human being should be doing to take care of their body that's amazing okay hats off to you if you are complaining uh, even internally, that you're not able to break a plateau and get to the next level and lift more weight and build bigger muscle or become more aesthetic, like cut down, shred down, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of times it comes down to you're not progressively overloading your body, period. Okay, so um, I'm going to jump into a little bit of history on progressive overload and be honest with you, <laughs> full transparency, I didn't know any of this stuff, but I do find it interesting. And I think that anybody who is is interested in this whole topic would find this interesting as well. Okay. Um, this actually goes back to like World War Two, right? There was a doctor, I think he was an army doctor. Uh, his name is uh, Dr. Thomas L. DeLorne. I don't know if I said that right, doesn't matter. Um, but he was a doctor and he was helping rehabilitate um, veterans, right? Some were like, injured beyond belief and others were just like mildly injured. But either way, there was just thousands and thousands and thousands of U.S. soldiers that needed rehabilitation. And what he decided to do was instead of taking these soldiers and putting them through the normal physical therapy regimen that could take months and months and months and years to learn how to walk normally again and build enough muscle in their like core to bend over and pick something up or something like that, what he did was he decided to take it to the next level. He decided to take this concept of what it's like to be a newborn, right? And an infant that's turning into a toddler and understanding that a toddler who can't walk tries the hardest thing in the world, which is walking, and they develop leg strength and all of a sudden they can walk. He decided to take that concept and apply it to adults. So he gave the most ridiculous uh, like strength training uh, regimens to these patients, these army patients. And he said, okay, you may only be able, be able to do like one or two reps, but you know, you're going to try it. And you know, they do one or two reps or whatever, three, four reps, uh, rest, do it again, rest, do it again, all the way till failure, right? And they're only getting three, four, five reps of some of the stuff. This could be a leg exercise, this could be an arm exercise, a back exercise, core exercise, it doesn't matter. It was everything across the board. But it was extremely heavy weight, all right, with the intent that this, uh, that these people would only be able to lift that weight a couple of times with proper form, right? Two, three, four, five times with proper form. And then, you know, you'd rest, you do it again, you rest, you do it again, then you stop and you do it, you know, you do another muscle group the next day. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you come back to the first one and you rinse and repeat all while taking in the proper nutrition. Okay. So what this does is it, it kickstarts your body and it did it back then. He proved it, but it kickstarted their bodies into developing faster. They had to develop more muscle faster in order to be able to lift that heavy weight. And the results of this was extreme success, okay? This doctor, he got a lot of accolades for his work and then progressive overload went on to become a staple part of the industry, the physical therapy industry. Um, it, they don't really call it that 
and it's not outwardly discussed as much as you would think because it's not necessarily appropriate in every situation in a physical therapy standpoint. But if you take that concept and you apply it to physical fitness for people who aren't injured, who aren't recovering from a, like a, a car accident or something, then it's a phenomenal way to build muscle. In fact, it's, it's really the only way to actually build muscle. Because once you've built muscle, which you only do by progressively overloading your body, even in small amounts, once you build that muscle, you don't build more muscle unless you challenge your body to build more muscle. And you only challenge your body to build more muscle by progressively overloading your muscles, even if it's just a little bit, okay? So, I mean, an example of progressive overloading that has nothing to do with weightlifting would be this. If you like hiking and you go and you hike the same trail over and over and over again, and it has like a I don't know. I don't, I don't know grades and degrees and stuff, but it let's, it has a, like a, like a three degree grade or something. Okay. And you do that over and over and over again, your legs and your core are going to build up enough energy and enough strength to be able to handle that grade and that distance and nothing more. But if you go on and decide to hike something that has like a five degree grade, right? Or a six degree grade, something that's twice as steep, and twice as long in distance, then your body's going to adapt to that. You're going to build strength. You're going to build endurance. You're going to build muscle density in order to be able to handle that. It's going to be really hard at first. And then after a while, it's going to get a little bit easier. And then after a while, it's going to get a little bit easier. And then you're going to be um, at this level where that is your new normal. And your body recognizes that as a normal Okay, like a, like a normal environment, a normal set of experiences, a normal level of energy that it needs to expend in order to, to conquer that, um, that, that hill or that trail, your body is going to adjust to that over time. So that is one way to look at progressive overloading from a non-weightlifting standpoint. But I want to go back to what happens if you get yourself to a, a point where you're happy, you love what you see, you love what you're, you're doing, um, and, and, and you just feel really good. If you stay at that maintenance level forever, then it's really no different from the state of, okay, yes, you're, you're, you're lifting weights, you're challenging your body a little bit on a daily basis. Uh, but over 20, 30, 40 years, you're really no different than someone who never weightlifted but goes through their normal daily routine. And that normal daily routine might include getting up and walking to their car, driving their car to work, getting out, going to their job, leaving their job, you know, doing all the normal stuff. They're on their feet for like two, three hours a day or something. Then they get back in the car, drive home. They do the normal thing, walk their dog. Their body adjusted to that. And your body has now adjusted to its level of whatever normal maintenance weights and cardio that you normally do every single day. It has adjusted to that. Those two scenarios are not dissimilar from each other. Okay. And the end result of those two scenarios is essentially the same. And that is that eventually your body will undergo something called atrophy, right? And if you've never heard the word atrophy, um, it's essentially a degeneration in the body. Um, it's like a decline in the effectiveness of all your muscles, the effectiveness of your endurance, the effectiveness of all your physical vigor. Um, and that's all due to tissue degeneration. Okay. And that's, I think the textbook definition 
said something like that, and it's all as a result of underuse or neglect. And it's real, guys. If you if you get yourself to a certain point and then you completely stop challenging yourself, you'll eventually become weak and frail and inflexible. And have you ever wondered why adults 20, 30, 40 years old, they look at a kid that's doing the splits and they say, oh man, if I tried that, I'd never get up again. You know, I can't bend that way or I'll, I'll never be able to get up. But they don't even, I mean, some of I know some adults, you probably do too, that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, they don't even like to bend over to pick something when they drop it. All right, that is not a good sign. That That is evidence of someone who is undergoing, even at a little bit, a little amount, some form of atrophy from underuse, right? Not using their body, not moving their body. You know, I talked a lot, I think it was actually episode one, the importance of movement, right? The human body needs to move. We can't, there is no, there's no point that we get to where we're done, okay? We need to move our bodies every day, many times a day, as often as possible forever, right? Always and forever for the, till the end of time. And if you don't do that, when you stop doing that, your body is going to start degenerating. Okay. That is not good. So even if you get yourself to a point where you are maintaining yourself, yes, that's good, right? That's great. It honestly, it is great. And it's better than, than most people. Um, but I, (laughs) I implore you to take that to the next level, even just a little bit, right? If you're comfortable doing your normal routine, add five minutes to it. If you're comfortable doing your routine, add like an extra mile, you know, to your your cardio, whatever it is. I'm going to go over some more specifics on how to increase yourself and how to actually um, uh, deploy, I guess, progressive overload into your routine. But before I get into that, I just I can't tell you enough how much you need to move your body <laughs> and you need to challenge your body over and over and over again for the rest of your life. Everybody needs to, myself included. Um, so what are some ways to introduce progressive overloading to your workout routine? Okay, well, I'm into weightlifting. I talk about that a lot. And if you are into weightlifting at all, which I believe you should be, um, these are probably the most common and certainly the most effective that I've ever tried anyway, uh, progressive overloading techniques, okay? And you can change these up all the time. And I'm going to talk about specifically what they are and then also how to know when it's time to move up again, okay? Um, So... Continuous weight increase. This is something I do a lot. Meaning, when I go into the gym, right, and I know that I'm going to progressively overload my, uh, let's just say it's a a back day, right? I work out my back. I pretty much dedicate an entire day to working out my back because it's such a huge muscle group. And then I, all the synergistic um, muscle groups that go with it, I, I usually hit those a little bit too. But, you know, every day is a little bit different. Anyway, When I am progressive overloading my back, I will continuously lift the weight on certain exercises. For example, if I'm doing deadlifts, which I often do, I will start the deadlift at something light to warm up, like 135, okay? For someone who's been doing it for a long time, they'll understand that that's a light weight. And then I'll progressively move up, and I'll get to a point where I can only do four, five, maybe six reps, right? A seventh is literally impossible. I'll get myself to that point. 
And the reason I do that is for the exact reason I just described earlier. It's to make my body try so hard to get that sixth rep that it uses everything it has in the tank plus whatever it can muster up from anywhere else in my agonist and antagonist muscles and puts them all together and I get that sixth rep up and then I got nothing left, right? That will force my body to build muscle because it is going to expect to see that weight again, right? Now it may not do this in one session, okay? It may take a month of doing this, but my muscle will grow as a result. My strength will have to increase. Otherwise, my body will be incapable of doing that thing. And the body just isn't willing to do that. It's not willing to just not try, right? The body will always react to the environment that it's in. So that's continuous weight increase. And I'll do that on a lot of exercises. Um, I, I'm a big fan of one arm bent over dumbbell rows. Okay. That's more of a bodybuilding exercise versus like a powerlifting exercise if you want to get crazy and specific, but there's no denying that that builds a ton of strength in your grip it builds a ton of strength in all the synergistic muscle groups associated with the the lats, which would be like your forearms, um, even your delts a little bit, your biceps, and uh, it 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 allows any pole exercise to become more efficient and the stability in doing those to become better over time. So anyway, I will start those off and I'll continuously increase all the way up until like 140 pounds, you know, on a single dumbbell. And I can only get, I don't know, you know, four or five, six of those. And it's hard, right? But back in the day, you know, that 140 pounds or whatever was 105 pounds and I could only do four or five, six of those. Okay. And that strength increase which is the same as what I was talking about with the deadlifts, that will translate literally right over to size, muscle size, muscle density. And then there's some other little traits that come along with that too. Vascularity happens. And there's obviously the mental component that comes with that too, right? There's a big rush of endorphins when you really progressively overload your body and you're just you're basically getting what's equivalent to like a runner's high, only it's like a weightlifter's high. I've never heard anybody say that, but that's basically what it is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool. And you start to feel really good and your confidence builds and, you know, your energy is just through the roof. But anyway, continuous weight increase is probably my favorite way to introduce progressive overloading to a routine. Now, there's other ways too, and I do all of these, but I'd say weight increase is probably the most uh, the, the fastest one to impact your body in a way that you can see and the way that you can feel. So, but some other ways to do it, um, increase the number of reps that you're doing. All right. I, I never really like to get over the 12 to 15 range. Typically, that's just me personally. I, um, I don't, I don't seem to get a lot of value out of doing 20, 22, 25 reps, but 12 to 15 is kind of the cap. Um, five to eight for hypertrophy for maximum growth, right? And then eight to 12 is like widely accepted as kind of the standard for for building and um, you know for for really getting the most out of your your actual weightlifting exercise. Um, but if you can only do six, right? Do whatever you need to do to get that to 10, right? So if you need to shave off, I know this sounds counter to what I was talking about earlier, but if you are maxed out at six reps, another way to actually do this is to shave off just a couple of pounds 
and then push it to 12 reps. And that shouldn't be something that you commit to permanently, but that's definitely one way to change it up. And I'm going to use this opportunity to remind you that the body is, it is a reactive machine, yes, but it's also something that always needs to be challenged and it always needs to be guessing. So if you're just doing progressive overload with weight, increasing the weight over and over and over again, that'll work. That'll 100% work. Okay. But by changing it up a little bit, you're going to hit like, and by change it up, I mean, shave off the weight, do more reps. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to keep the body guessing in different ways. And by always keeping the body guessing in different ways, it never knows what to do. And so it's always going to try and strengthen. It's always going to try and, and build up size and build up density. And I guess the big punchline here is always keep your body guessing and progressive overload is something you can introduce in so many different ways and they are all extremely beneficial. So anyway, moving on uh, from rep increases to set increases. Okay. If you are capped at six reps and you don't want to shave off the weight and do more reps and you don't want to add uh, more weight and lower your rep number, uh, set increases are great. Okay. Just add two, three, four more sets. All right. Now, in some cases that's extreme and you obviously want to prevent injury. So don't go crazy, but increasing your sets is a very, very good idea, right? Even by just one, right? You normally do three sets of this thing. Now do four or five and then move on to your next exercise, which you also normally do three of. Well, do four or five sets of that as well, okay? That is progressive overloading. It's making your body work harder than it normally does. Okay, another one is rest time decrease, okay? You probably don't time your rests. Most people don't, but I think most people probably should if they're really interested in making the most out of their time at the gym or their most out of their time training. And whatever your rest time is, let's say it's a minute and a half, okay, 90 seconds, decrease that to uh, 60 seconds or 45 seconds even, and then go back into your lift. Okay, that's a way of progressive overloading. Right, you're progressive overloading your body by not giving it the same amount of time in between sets to recover, and that's huge. You will see a difference. Um, rep speed decrease. Okay, so if you normally uh, lift your weights at a certain rate, right? It's just just a cadence that you got yourself into, right? Like a certain rate. I'm gonna. It's gonna take me two seconds to lift this weight up, and then two seconds to put it down. Well, let's decrease the amount of time that you. Um, are doing that, right? The speed of which you're doing that. Or I guess a better way to say that is increase the amount of time you're spending lifting and then increase the amount of time you are going through the negative portion of that, which is putting the weight back down. So instead of two seconds up, two seconds down, try four seconds up, four seconds down. Go really slow, right? That's a progressive overload method that works really well. Um, Speaking of negatives, another method is to add negatives, okay? So if you're doing uh, an exercise now, like a bench press, for example, and you actually know what, let's talk about curls. If you're doing a curl, right, a bicep curl, and you are normally, you know, going through your like one and a half seconds up, one and a half seconds down or something, um, keep your one and a half second lift the way it is, but make your negative when you bring it back down to your waist or whatever, make that like five or six seconds. Go super slow with that. All right. That's called the negative portion of the rep. And that is going to be 
absolutely huge. It's grip strength, it's forearm strength, it's bicep strength, obviously. It's going to even hit your delts. It's actually going to hit your core too, guys. The longer you hold that like that, your body has to stabilize and balance, especially if it's a standing curl, and you are going to feel it everywhere going through that negative to get it back to the origin point, the zero point, before you lift again. Okay, that's a progressive overload method that is crazy effective. Okay, another one is just train more frequently, guys. Right? If you're doing three days, add a fourth day. If you're training four days, add a fifth day. Right? I know life happens and things are hard to balance. I understand that. I experience it too. I'm married. I have a kid. I have a job. I'm building a business. I get it. Okay. But if you can squeeze in an hour, right? It's not necessarily convenient, but you could do it. If you can squeeze in an hour on a day that you normally don't lift or don't work out, right? That's a progressive overload. Your body now has to adjust to that extra hour of, of torture, right? That extra hour of pain and the, uh, you know, abuse basically that it has to, to deal with and it has to handle. And you'll see massive effects from, from that. Uh, now I'm not a big fan of overtraining. I think overtraining is bad. Okay. But if you're doing three days or four days, there's no reason why you can't do four days or five days. Okay. Uh, as far as your body goes and safety and, you know, quote unquote overtraining, you're not anywhere near the overtraining point if you're doing, you know, three to four hours a week, I promise. So, um, so those are some methods that I use. Okay. And those are really, really good, widely accepted methods for progressive overloading your body. Uh, I do want to get into some disadvantages here. Um, you know, some of these are, you know, you may laugh at as disadvantages. Others, you may be like, okay, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start it off with this one. Okay. A disadvantage is you will experience more hunger. All right. <laughs> you'll, you'll obviously be growing. You'll be, uh, becoming more strong, right. You'll be gaining strength and you're going to need to adjust your diet to account for that. So if you haven't calculated your macros, you're going to have to, you're going to get more hungry, but the hungrier you get, you guys already know this, the hungrier you get, the more, uh, the, the higher the likelihood that you could make a mistake and eat something that you probably shouldn't, right? Or too much of something. So you need to be aware of your, your increased hunger and you make sure that you feed it with the right things. Okay, maybe that's by adding 150 calories to your total day, but in the form of like a 33, 33, 33 protein, fat, carb split, you know, meal or something like that. I don't know. You know, everybody's different. And depending on what you're eating during the day, that I'm, I'm just pulling something out of nowhere, right? That doesn't mean anything. But, you know, you have to be very thoughtful about what it is you take in as a result of being hungrier than you normally are. Uh, that is a disadvantage, I think. Um, the advantage to that, though, is that you eat to eat. I love to eat. So if you love food as much as I do, then it's a plus as long as you're eating the right stuff. Um, okay, you also need to be aware of your joints, your ligaments, uh, skeletal reactions to this increased load that you're applying to your body. Okay, I don't want to scare you with this, right? but it's something that you have to be aware of. And you have to understand that, if obviously, I think you probably do since you're listening to this, but if you're applying stress to your body in the form of resistance, be that weightlifting or extra cardio or something, you know, you're obviously at the risk of injury. Okay. It could be very low, but you have a risk. Um, so it's important to use proper form, slowly making your way, you know, over the course of months or, or, or weeks, right. Into certain lifting routines or weight ranges, right. It's the best way to avoid injury. Okay. So just, you know, be, use your proper form, do everything slow. Don't rush into anything. Uh, and you know, you're probably, 
going to experience something by progressively overloading your body. Okay, If you're already weightlifting and you're weightlifting four days a week and you add a fifth day and you're increasing weight and you're doing all this stuff and you're making it like this, this crazy bodybuilder type workout, which is awesome, you know, you're going to feel that. You may wake up tomorrow after a long workout where you capped off at six reps every time. You may wake up tomorrow with like a sore shoulder or something, okay? And then, you know, that's the opportunity for you to look back and say, well, you know, how did I do this? What did I do? You know, was I not very careful with this lift? You know, there's things that you need to do. You need to make sure you take inventory of all your movements and be very thoughtful about how you're doing all these things because just saying I'm going to lift more weights is great and then going out and lifting more weights is great, but if you don't do it properly, obviously that could result in injury, okay? Now, it's important to also understand that injury is not 100% preventable, right? In any sport, bodybuilding, weightlifting, CrossFit, uh, powerlifting, all these things, aerobics, yoga, those are all sports. Injury is not 100% preventable. It's not. But, but I do want to remind everybody of what can happen to you and likely will happen to you if you choose not to exercise or challenge yourself. It's all the things that you've probably heard before. Chronic disease, right, takes over. Um, cardiac issues, right, they're through the roof. Obviously, obesity is a big one and all the things that come from it, okay? Diabetes and you know, I'm saying all this stuff because it's real, not because it's necessarily going to happen to everyone who doesn't train and doesn't work out. You know what I'm trying to say, but they're all very real and a lot of them are very preventable. Okay. And you do run the risk of maybe pulling a bicep or maybe tearing a pectoral muscle in your chest or something like that. If you push your weightlifting to the limits, um, you know, it's not hundred percent preventable. But the alternative is also not preventable. And the alternative, in my opinion, is way worse. Okay, I would rather train my body and take care of it and risk the injuries that come with that with the intent of taking care of my body than sit back and do nothing and wait for Mother Nature's injuries to take over, right? Because my intent on either end is very different. My intent when I'm going to the gym, my intent when I'm eating well, my intent when I'm running, my intent when I'm hiking or something, taking care of my body, my intent is to take care of the body that I was given, right? If I do nothing, if I sit around and, and do nothing and live a completely sedentary lifestyle, my intent at that point is bullshit. My intent is to not take care of my body at that point, whether I say it like that or not, whether I believe it or not, the intent is to sit back and let my body rot away. And that is not the type of life I would ever encourage or even suggest even a little bit that someone lives, okay? Especially if they're trying to live a sedentary lifestyle as a result of being scared about potential injury that could come from exercise, I just I can't even wrap my mind around that, but I know that that does happen. Um, so anyway, let's move on. If your goal is a muscular physique, right, even a little bit, right, even for the ladies who don't want like a muscular physique, you know, like a, you know, but they want to be toned. And, you know, when I talk to girls who are interested in training, you know, potential clients, 
it's always stuff like that. It's always like, oh, I want, I want a little bit of tone, but I don't want to look too big. You know, that's, that's fine. Uh, that's, that's common, right? But if your goal is that, or if your goal is to put on a lot of muscle, right? And have like really, really big muscles for purely aesthetics, or if you're trying to build strength for an actual practical purpose, like a sport or because you just actually are very, very weak because you haven't really spent much time in your life lifting heavy things, even at a job or whatever. If you're trying to, to, to do any of those things, it's important to ask yourself if it is what you're doing is what, what I'm doing is my body getting used to what I'm doing. You know, am I doing such a, uh, such a routine pattern here that my body's getting used to this? Right. Or ask yourself last time you were at the gym, was that set of eight reps that I just did? Was that easy? You know, could I have done eight more without stopping or, you know, and this is, this is real. Okay. Think about what you're doing and what you've been doing for a while and ask yourself, right? No bullshit right now. Am I actually challenging myself? Am I challenging my body? Okay. Don't lie. Just ask yourself that, you know, right now, if you're listening to this <laughs> or next time you have a moment, just really take a second, ask yourself, am I actually challenging my body? You're going to be the best judge on whether you're actually working your body properly, whether you're progressively overloading it, whether you're getting used to your workout and you could probably do more, you know, you're, you're the only person that's really going to be able to answer that. Okay. But it's important that you do answer that and that you answer it honestly. Okay. That's the only way you're going to take the state that you're in now to the next level and get where you probably want to go. So uh, with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Listen, if you got any value out of this whatsoever, please leave me a review in iTunes and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. And also, and this is more important, please, please share this with somebody in your life right? That isn't moving, that isn't progressing, that isn't developing, that needs to hear this. Okay. I think I can help a lot of people that just haven't heard this message. Okay. They don't understand it. They need to hear it. And they need to know that anybody can begin to execute on this and see results very, very quickly. So uh, progressive overload guys, incorporate it today and see the changes that come with it. And it's amazing. Also connect with me on social, right? Everything's going to be in the show notes on ways to get in touch with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat, email, whatever. And I uh, will see you guys in the next episode. See ya.